This is the Faith Debate, a theological roundtable gab fest, a free-for-all forum with faith community leaders wrestling over the truth. In less than one half hour, learn more about what really matters than what most others learn in a week. The Faith Debate is on the World Wide Web at WFMD.com, keyword faith. Are you ready for the clash of ideas? Are you ready for the sound of freedom? Let's get ready to rumble in this corner, weighing in with a master of divinity from Reformed Theological Seminary, the faith debate master of ceremonies, oh, yeah. <laughs> Troy Skinner. And good morning. Thank you for listening to the faith debate this morning on 930 WFMD. I am Troy Skinner and I'm flying solo today. No panel discussion, no John Schweitzer. It's just me and my thoughts and you. So I don't know if you've uh, ever taken the time to review your social media stuff, you know, things that you've sent out in the Twitter sphere or posted on Facebook or whatever. I'm not on Twitter, but uh, I had reason to check some things on Facebook, uh, prompted partly by seeing some memories that the Facebook likes to send you and that sort of thing. And and I thought, you know, we uh, had a, 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 a series of shows lined up and the scheduling fell through. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to make use of some of that stuff that was drawn to my mind on Facebook, stuff that I put on Facebook and share it with you here on the faith debate. And so I'm just going to share uh, no particular order here, random thoughts and posts from the past year of mine. And then also uh, this past year, I made it a goal to read 52 books in 52 weeks and then post uh, a short review about each book on Facebook. And uh, that process, that project is over. And so I'll share some of that with you as well. So here's what I'm talking about. Here's a, a short little post that I put on Facebook at some point back in 2019. Playful snark, silly pokes, unserious sarcasm, emoji usage. Has anyone noticed that these sorts of things are more regularly misunderstood on social media than they used to be? I mean, is joking around allowed anymore? Or have we all begun to lose our sense of humor already? And uh, I got some people responding saying that, yeah, they've, they've noticed it too. <laughs> and here's a short little fun one before, before I get into a lengthier one. Uh, irony alert. A story about a Pew Research study was posted on Facebook. It says that three out of five people don't trust news stories posted on Facebook. <laughs> Here's one that's serious. Uh, I actually titled this one. I gave it because it was longer, so I wanted to give it a, a subject line sort of. One might say that there's nothing new under the sun. The United Methodist Church is back in the news. This is from last year. They're back in the news again this year, by the way. Quick aside. With the ever-increasing prospect of a major denominational split about to take place. This has been a long time in coming, and there are numerous practical concerns, including post-split pastoral staffing, not to mention theological confusion for congregants unsure what all this means for them and their family. The potential for a mass exodus of Methodists leaving for other denominations and the almost certain legal battles over money and church property, including not only church buildings but also schools, hospitals, and various other plots of land— a note, you can see some of these practical concerns laid out in an opinion piece written by a Methodist elder two years ago, and I provided a link to that on Facebook. The importance of the practical concerns, which will undoubtedly be devastating for many individuals, cannot be overstated. 
These are the felt needs in this situation. However, the most profound echo of this divide will be the ongoing theological concerns. Theology drives the mission, the vision, and the purpose of the church. The mission, vision, and purpose of the church is what ends up having an effect on culture. It's a two-way street, this cultural effect. The church affects the surrounding culture by what the church does and what the church teaches and what the church advocates. Likewise, the actions and beliefs and causes of the surrounding culture, if the church is not sufficiently careful, affect the church. The echo that will reverberate from this Methodist squabble, though dramatic, is merely just another ripple in the cascade of echoes that have pushed through Western civilization and the Western church for generations. It is the battle between the Bible as authority versus tradition as authority. The battle between reading Scripture through the lens of science versus viewing science through the lens of Scripture. The battle between orthodoxy, seeking to conserve the basic tenets of the faith, versus higher critical approaches, seeking to propose tenets that are idealized as progressive. Ultimately, it comes down to God says versus did God really say. Hence, the people in the Methodist Church find themselves taking up positions along the oldest battle line in history. Ironically, as it turns out, the Methodist Church is in the news for being embroiled in a fight that's not new at all. The lack of novelty does not diminish the sadness that's brought on by this fight. The sorrow is palpable when considering the damage done to the message of the gospel and to the biblical witness of the unity of believers in Christ. And as a P.S., it's interesting that most of the conservative Methodist leadership is found outside of the United States. One wonders how particular congregations in this scenario might vote, and if this vote will align perfectly with the decisions of those who are at the top of the United Methodist leadership structure. Here's another story. Simply began it by saying, $17,000. That's how much money the average family of four just spent. This is just from a few weeks back. A couple of months back now, I guess. More accurately, $17,000, that's how much money each family just had spent for them, whether they like it or not. $17,000. Did you, as a family of four, know that you just gave up $17,000? No? Not surprising. While the majority of the media and the government bureaucrats and the career political types have used their right hand to distract with name-calling, vacuous rhetoric, frivolous time wasters, they have slyly used their left hand to get past a $1.4 trillion spending bill. That's a one and a four and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven zeros, point zero zero. <laughs> That's a lot of zeros. That's $17,000 per American family of four. Maybe all the money needs to be spent. Maybe all of it will be spent wisely. Maybe. But how would anyone ever know? There was no debate. There was no time for anyone, including the elected officials, to read the thousands of pages in the bill because, once again, a bill, quote-unquote, needed to be passed as an emergency measure 
in order to keep the federal government from shutting down. Fortunately, the average American family has an extra $17,000 stuffed in a mattress in the spare bedroom of their vacation cottage in the mountains, right? So the $17,000 won't be missed. That's a good thing. Otherwise, the average American might care about the spending bill, and then they might cease to continually support the politicians who continually demonstrate that the constituents they continually represent are lobbyists and not voters. Hopefully you note the sarcasm, all of that. So this all happened around Christmas time. And so I said, Merry Christmas, $1.4 trillion. It's quite the stocking stuffer. Here's a quote from Beckett Cook that I posted. I enjoyed it and hopefully you'll enjoy it here. When we are regenerated, our affections change. Regenerated spiritually, he's talking about. Not just in the area of sexuality, which is a big issue in our culture today, but in everything else, our attitude toward money, success, relationships. Beckett says, I'm happy to deny myself and take up my cross and follow Jesus. Beckett, by the way, um, lived a life as a gay man and has become a Christian and has now become celibate. He says, I just had met Jesus and the relationship with him was so overwhelming and wonderful and all-consuming. In my relationship with Christ, I felt so safe. I didn't have to perform. It was such a relief to be in this relationship with Christ. I was so full of joy. But it did cost me some friends, some really deep, lifelong relationships. A lot of my friends were semi-supportive, but some of my closest friends were not. That was painful. I was cut off from several people, some of the closest friends of my life. The gain in this relationship with God through Christ, that's the gain. Eternal life. It's this impenetrable joy, impenetrable joy because of not only knowing Christ, but knowing the meaning of life, where I came from, what I'm doing, where I'm going. It gives me such peace, Beckett Cook wrote. Speaking of quotes, here's a quote from a, uh, a sermon that was shared at Fairview Chapel here locally this past year. We can't love God while hating people, failing to love people. But alas, we are disobedient and we don't serve and care for others like we should. We don't encourage and pray for others like we should. We don't spend time in fellowship or approach the lost like we should. We are all lost causes apart from Christ. And therein lies our hope. If you're just tuning in, this is the Faith Debate, kind of a special edition as I'm going through my social media feeds from this past year and sharing on the air what I've shared in the uh, internet space over the past uh, year or so. Well, this one you've heard about, I'm sure, it was in the news just not too long ago, just weeks ago. And I said about it, stunned. What's going on in the Chick-fil-A marketing department this month? At the start of November, the quick service restaurant invited guests to dine with them on National Sandwich Day, which was a Sunday. They're closed every Sunday. That's more than an oops. That's a dope. Now, Chick-fil-A.
that they'll cease their financial contributions to the Salvation Army and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. The reason for this change is reportedly due to the commitment that these charities have to traditional marriage. Unsurprisingly, this has saddened and or angered many supporters of the Chick-fil-A brand. As a business venture, the restaurant chain is, of course, free to give or not give money to whatever charities they desire. However, as a business venture, they would do well to keep in mind the value of maintaining shared values with their most loyal fans. Chick-fil-A has built a firm, fervent base of enthusiasts to rival any other company's fervent base of enthusiasts. And yes, I'm talking about Harley-Davidson, Southwest Airlines, Apple, Coca-Cola, and the rest. They did this by telling their fans, we get you because, heck, we are just like you. Now this appears to have been tossed aside. Some scratched their head a few weeks ago and asked, how could you, Chick-fil-A, forget that you're closed on Sunday? I thought that fact was a core principle for you. Now people are scratching their head and asking, who are you? It's as if I don't even know you anymore. Religion and politics aside, this is seemingly a huge blunder that is likely destined to be a case study in marketing classes for many years to come. This is Chick-fil-A's new Coke moment. Will they recover from it as well as the soft drink giant recovered? One can only wonder. Now recall that Coke recovered only after doing a 180 following the backlash. Is a 180 what's in the near future for Chick-fil-A? Doesn't appear to be, by the way. And I think they're going to face the negative effects of a backlash on this sort of thing, but they, it, it'll take years probably for that to, to play out. I think they've made a marketing blunder. Here's another short blurb from a weekend sermon from this past year. So it comes down to this. Hope in our building efforts, our work, versus hope in God's grace, Christ's finished work. Reorient your identity as one who is beloved of Jesus, and when your hope wanes, when you falter in your walk and might even question your faith, recall that he is faithful and true. He has sent his spirit to guide and comfort us. As a Christian, you are a child of the Father, and he will always protect you and provide for you in the way that he knows is best for you. Last year was a sad year on you know with with the loss of life. It happens to every one of us every year. And as I was going through my Facebook feed, I was reminded uh how many people that you know that have had an impact on my life uh died this past calendar year, including this story. A part of my childhood and early adulthood Oh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. There are some uh, eulogies that I'll be sharing. This wasn't a eulogy, so I don't want Tommy Edwards to feel like I'm saying he's dead. I, I, uh, I grabbed the wrong piece of paper, here, but I'll finish reading this one. So part of my childhood and early adulthood will end this weekend. A piece of Chicago will end, too. As a kid, 
board the school bus, my friends and I listened to Animal Stories with Uncle Larry, Larry Lujak, and Tommy, Tommy Edwards, each morning. As a teen, driving my first car, which was a sky blue 1972 Volkswagen Super Beetle, I listened to Tommy Edwards play the day's biggest hits on the legendary AM89 WLS radio station each afternoon. As a college student, working my way through college and battling through the early stages of my radio career, I was privileged to walk the halls with Mr. Edwards at WJMK each day. I still remember the first time I watched him put on his headphones and he cranked the volume up so loud that I could hear everything blast its way to me on the other side of the room. (laughs) Tommy had to be deaf, I figured. Then I watched along with the rest of the sports world as great Bulls teams brought NBA championship after NBA championship to Chicago with the starters introduced in a way that was instantly classic and basically invented by Tommy. The man is a Chicago legend, one of the greatest DJs of all time, a key member of one of the best radio duo bits ever imagined, Animal Stories, the absolute standard by which other stadium announcers are measured. What a legacy he leaves behind. He never really knew me, only vaguely, but... I'm so happy that I had a chance, even in a small way, to know him. And I imagine most of Chicagoland feels the same way as little Tommy Edwards retired after a multi-decade career. A gifted singer with a powerful song. No wonder it's been a hit, a record-breaking hit, as it turns out. Lauren Daigle's You Say, at the time that I wrote this on Facebook, has been number one on the contemporary Christian music charts for 62 weeks. That's not a typo. Yes, 10 weeks more than a full year. It is a feat never before accomplished. One might wonder if this says more about the current state of the contemporary Christian music scene than it does about this particular song. Today on the show, I've already mentioned a couple of blurbs from sermons that stood out and that I uh, posted on Facebook. Here's a third. Words from today's sermon. You and I and the person sitting next to you were created in God's image. We all were. But you are corrupted by sin. We all are. Do you understand? You're either guilty or you're not. Have you committed even one sin? that you're guilty, and there's no getting around that. The penalty for that guilt must be paid, and Jesus Christ has paid that penalty in full for you if you accept the gift. Why wouldn't you? Why can't you? Why won't you? Don't you believe it? Well, teaches it. Well, two things I never saw coming this past year. Andrew Luck retiring suddenly as though like a bolt from the blue. (laughs) And the second thing I never saw coming, Indianapolis Colts fans booing Andrew Luck as he left the field. That was a stunner. Shows you how fickle people can be. 
I had a post uh, uh, that I read earlier, like five, ten minutes ago, that was talking about uh, you know finances and you know the the economy and, and our government's spending and all that sort of stuff, which isn't <laughs> a faith debate matter, I know. But I'm just sharing, just being transparent and real with you. And most of these things that I'm reading with you are faith related, but I wanted to make sure that uh, you know you got a feel for the things I thought were important enough to post about last week. So here's one, another one that's uh, not necessarily faith related. Where's the outrage that we've seen and heard in the past? Maybe we're all simply numb. The federal government budget deficit this year is up to $1 trillion. This number would be practically cut in half if the U.S. didn't have to cough up close to a half trillion dollars in interest payments on the $22 trillion national debt, by the way. Revenue from taxes this year has increased 3%. So it is not an income problem. Taxpayers gave the federal government a 3% pay raise, but federal spending is up 7%. As a result, more and more of each individual's hard-earned money is wasted on interest payments. Do the math and one can see that every family of four is paying more than $5,000 a year towards interest payments on the national debt. If a young family were allowed to invest that $5,000 instead of being forced to waste it, then with compound interest, they'd likely have about $150,000 for retirement when they got older. In other words, the national debt is costing families the equivalent of tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars each year. But no one seems to care. Again, you're listening to a special edition of The Faith Debate. I'm going to wrap up here in just a minute as we're about to run out of time. I've got time to share a few more posts that I um, put up on social media this past year. It's a matter between man and man, this is a quote, and it is for other men and for them only to let him go to his gate or to throttle him. That's Jean-Paul Sartre. Now, interestingly, his view feels to be the way of our society, and it's not fun. Now, it would appear to hold the promise of fun, but it is not. Now, some people were confused in social media by what in the world was that quote all about. Essentially, it's a quote about human autonomy. He argued against the idea of a sovereign God. Instead, he proposed that all men are a law unto themselves. Each of us can do whatever we want with no accountability to a higher power. And this might sound great at first, but this results in there being no accountability outside of ourselves, meaning I'll do what I'll do until and unless you stop me. In other words, you don't like what I'm doing? Then you'll have to throttle me. This is what we see a lot of lately. People do what they want and they're quick to forcefully try stopping others from doing what they want. We end up with overpowering governments, cyberbullying online, physical attacks in person. Now, fortunately, Sartre was wrong. Thank God. There is an omnipotent God, one who is holy. If Sartre were right, then there'd be no hope for any of us. Even though Sartre was wrong, we need reminders because it's far too easy to lose hope in troubled times. 
Well, I'm going to put a wrap on this. I think I'll pick up on some of these because I got some more that I highlighted. I'm not reading you everything I've posted on social media, just the things that I got a, a, a interesting response to, you know, got a lot of likes or shares or that sort of thing and figured I might share them here myself on the radio. I want to thank you for listening to the Faith Debate. We're about 15 and a half years strong now doing this program. It's uh, rather astounding. <laughs> I must have started when I was four. I don't know. Anyway, I want to thank uh, Jonathan, who couldn't be here today, but uh, has been a big part of this show through most of its uh, uh, iteration. And uh, why am I drawing a blank? Oh, I got to do some business here. I got to let you know how to find the show in case you want to hear past shows, this show again. Um, you know, check us out on online. Go to WFMD.com. Keyword faith takes you to the Faith of Bay page. You can find links to the audio vault for past podcasts. And you can also go to WFMD Facebook page and see stuff about the show posted there as well. Till next week, 167 and a half hours from right now. God bless. <laughs>